When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. We're talking about podcasts. We're talking about itty bitty podcast. Podcast. Merry Mini Monday, Junkies. I'm Carter. Merry Mini Monday, Junkies. I am Doge. And this one on the ones and twos. Oh, this one's Jordan. <laughs> such a, that just made such me a so, calm energy. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just kind of vibing our end, TBH. Um, guys, we uh, are in our third season of Box Office Ball. It's Box Office Ball! What a strange time. What a yeah. strange, as, as I look to the strange actual, time. To the real world of sport, just outside of the world of Box Office Ball, uh, there's a lot of interesting things going on there in terms of trying to figure out, well... I mean, that last season kind of sucked. Now we, I guess we <laughs> should try another one and see what happens there. So here's what happened, Chunkies. I did not expect to, but I have won once again. Um, season one of Box Office Ball, I won with about $6 billion. Season two of Box Office you Ball. You didn't win I, by $6 billion, though. No, you I won, won with $6, six billion. Billion yeah. in my in my pot, yes. Um, season two, I have one with 550 million. So that gives you an idea of, <laughs> even though we cut the year in half, right? Box office ball has started to be halves of the year. Um, there was not a lot of movies in theaters. Doge came in second with 326 million. Uh, Jordan came in last place with 103 million. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's funny how we all scored our net worth. Yeah. Season, <laughs> which is cool. <laughs> Yes, we did. Podcasting uh, is very lucrative, in case you listeners didn't understand that. <laughs> the uh, the highest earner uh, for any team was on my team. Ali Wong made $302 million. What kind birds, of bizarro was, world is this? Birds of prey money. <laughs> um, 
it was a six-way tie for last place in terms of how much money <laughs> because six people didn't make a dime uh, in the box office ball game, three of which were on Jordan's team. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. and again, <clears throat> I think Jordan would have won. I think it would have been a close yeah. race, actually. Not not with me, but between Jordan and Doge. But um, I don't know if the box office ball, ball gods are kind or cruel. They feel cruel in this sense. I don't Who know if I would have wanted to win, <laughs> if that's what this meant. But we're jumping straight into season three. We're not going to let it stop us. Season three will technically start July 15th. Um, it's been a while since we've even talked about box office ball, so I'll run back through the rules. So each of our hosts uh, will have four members on their team. These have to be actors, so we're not including directors or producers or anything like that. Maybe that will uh, find its way in in the future, but definitely not for season three. Uh, so they're each going to have four actors. And so whatever money is made by the movies that release in theaters in which those actors star goes into our overall pot. Okay. So part of the reason I had made so much money in season one was Samuel L. Jackson. Jackson. I got all the money that was made in theaters from Captain Marvel and from Avengers Endgame and from Glass, the M. Night Shyamalan movie that was kind of like into a trilogy that we never knew existed. So Regardless, it made a lot of money. Now, you cannot double dip if, say, uh, these boys end up getting two people in Wonder Woman 1984. Only one person gets that money go into the pot. We only get the money from the movie. Make sense? Is there anything I'm missing, guys? I don't think so. Okay. I think you you left out the rule where you usually win because it's a game there, you made up. That's exactly how it works. That's the main rule, the, the hidden rule. That we mm-hmm. didn't know about until we played two seasons of this. It's a twisty Chris Nolan type thing. You'll find out in the end that I was the one who released COVID. Um, but uh, that's, the, that's the real prestige. That's yes. your ultimate trick. <laughs> I feel like as we get ready to draft our team, uh, a lot of this is in hopes. It does feel like you know what they're doing in the NBA and the MLB and the NFL. All of those sports leagues are saying, we're going to start again, but it's going to look totally different. Fingers crossed. Um the state of our nation right now on recording day and then very likely on the day that this episode comes out, which would be the 29th of June, um, doesn't feel like uh, no one feels 100% that that stuff's going to happen. <laughs> uh, and so we will see. This is the strangest draft I think we'll ever have. We're trying to make some assumptions of some stuff that was moved from the spring to the fall, announcements there. Even those several studios have uh, moved movies multiple times, pushing them back, maybe deciding, may let's just give it a shot next year. Yeah, who knows? Um, so theaters are the same way in terms of opening up seats. That's probably even more strict. Uh, but there's not much that they can do uh, without having new movies to release. But there is one thing that they can do. Do you all know what the number one movie was last weekend in the box office? Because several theaters had reopened. No. I, I, I read it and I cannot remember it. I don't know. 27 years after its release, the number one movie in the box office was Jurassic Park. That's right. Oh, cool. Yep. Several theaters re-released it. Number two, by just like two million, was Jaws. So they were kind of like, what are some bangers that we know are going to get people back? Let's throw a little nostalgia in there. So the studios re-released those, uh, and they made like $4 million each on that weekend. Um, So people are definitely hungry for it. Um, But- not feeling fully safe. But let's go straight into our draft. The way that we draft is a snake draft. So Jordan, because he was last for the second year in a row, uh, will be picking first. 
and Doge, just always right there in the, the cream of the Oreo. We'll the be going boy. second. Uh, and then I'll go third, but then I also get the first pick in the second round. So I will have two in a row. Uh, and then we'll swing back around, and Jordan will have two in a row again until we all have four on our teams. Before we do this, too, I think something that we need to do to jazz up this year of box office ball is let's finally put it out there. Let's get it recorded. What do we want the penalty to be for the person who gets last place this year in box office ball? The first year we didn't well, have one because loaded. we never thought of it. No, no, no. no. <laughs> the first year we didn't have one because um, we didn't know what we were doing. And the second year, it was just kind of like a asterisk because it was strange. So for season three will be the first time we have a penalty. Um, we have discussed before that one of us does a solo review uh, of a movie wow. that the other two pick. <laughs> I think that's pretty fun. Do we have any other ideas? Does that feel good to us? That's about the most terrible thing I can imagine. It's pretty like awful. I, I can't think of anything I want to do less than a solo podcast episode of a movie that you guys pick. Yeah, do the other two just get to horrific. sit in the room? Like, yeah, how I does think that so. work? Okay. I think, I mean, I think so. Like if I lost, I would want to do a, a review of a movie and you guys like heckle me through it. Oh yeah. yeah. I think, especially while we're, especially yeah. while we're recording remote. Cause you can't throw tomatoes at me through zoom. That's true. As far as I'm aware. Yeah. And I won't have my shepherd's crook either. I can't pull you off the stage <laughs> if you're doing a bad job. I see it propped up on the wall behind you, but you can't reach me. So yeah, that's good. Unfortunately. Yeah. Is that, that going to be it? That sounds fine. It's it's probably going to be me who does it. What's your least no. favorite movie? Just curious. Uh, a goofy movie. Make me watch it. Interesting. Hmm. 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 Make me watch that movie. I'll be miserable. Hmm. I'm good with that. That feels good to me. Yeah. I think that'll be fun. Excellent. So without further ado, Jordan, will you kick off season three of the smash hit? <laughs> Box office ball. I will. Um, my first pick for season three of box office ball is going to be Gal Gadot. She has four projects that seem to be pretty confident they're coming out this year. Four? four. Wonder Woman 84, that Hercule Poirot movie. What else uh -huh. is coming out this year? Oh, so she fun. has she has those two, and then she has... Yeah, so it's Wonder Woman, Death on the Nile, and then there's something called... Uh, Red Notice, which seems to s seems to still be pretty confident. It's the <clears throat> the Rock, Ryan Reynolds, and her. Um, oh my gosh! And then there's a. It's just called the Untitled Hedy Lamar Project, but it still says estimated release. But that one might be a TV show. Can't figure it out. But it still says okay. That's estimated still, release 2020. If it we'll hits the it theaters, out. that's still yeah a lot. It's and this goes until December December 31st. Yeah. Yeah. All right. My my first pick for Box Office Ball Season 3 is my favorite actor of all time. And oh. this person is named Ahmed Bakari. And I hope no I'm way. saying I hope I'm saying their last name correctly. But Ahmed Bakari is uh, a small role in Black Widow, known only as Prisoner, and a small role in No Times to Die, known only as Spectre VIP. Those was that your pick? That was going to be, yeah, one of these two picks was going to Oof. be that. And I thought I was being tricky. Mm -mm. I told you I got up early this morning to research this. So you got a mod. Okay, fine. Uh, my first pick. And uh, it, dear friend playing Prisoner Inspector VIP, if you are listening, I hope we're saying your name correctly. I know. It's I was worried it's about either that. either Ahmed or Ahmad, Bakari or Bakir. Whoever you are and however you say your name, we trust your contribution will be immeasurable to those movies. Yes, we support your career. 
Uh, my first pick is going to be Aaron Taylor Johnson. Okay, yep. there goes my choice. Uh, famous <laughs> from a famous from a movie that I guess we would be explicit if we said it on the podcast. Oh yeah, can we say that? Does that count? I don't know. I don't have a problem with it, but maybe we shouldn't. You talking about Age of Ultron? Yeah. No, I'm talking about Kick Ass. <laughs> <laughs> But he's going to be in Tenet, which has been now moved from July 31st to August 12th release. Here's the thing. I think if there's one movie that I know will be released this year, it will be Tenet. Because yes. <laughs> they are so very much about, hey, we want to be there when the levy breaks. We yep. want this movie to be in theaters. We do not want to digitally release this movie, but this will be that blockbuster that's there as soon as you can get back to the theater. So. He's in that and The King's Man, which appears yep. to be a prequel to the Kingsman series. Um, that cast which, is crazy. <laughs> it's a very fun cast. And so I think it's going to be uh, really good. Pick number two for me. Come on over, other young, beautiful boy. Join Carter's team, Timothy Chalamet. Going to be in Dune, which I still pray to God comes out this year. That's just a hopeful that I'm Guys, I'm I didn't even put Dune on my list. I'm not at all confident it's going to come out this year. And French Dispatch. Yeah. This is a movie that is chock full of people. Uh, another Wes Anderson movie. Uh, and it looks it looks like a ton of fun. So I'm going to get those two with those two flicks, uh, four flicks together, and hope that they, they do me the big bucks. My second pick uh, this year is going to be Jimon Hansu. Is that how you say his name? Did I, I think so. Yeah I, yeah, I believe so. My team is going to be full of people whose names I butcher, and I promise I still love you. But Jimon Hansu is in The King's Man and A Quiet Place 2, and probably Man, something I hope, else. I hope there's a lot of good good movies that actually come out. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, I'm having, to do some, I'm having to do some reworking of my team here. That's what happens. Some pivoting. That happens that. every we time. edit that. Um, okay, for my These second picks, pick. Picks two and three for, for Jordan. For my second pick, I don't know how to pronounce her name, but I'm going to take a shot at it. Boy, isn't that the theme of Box Office Ball Season 3. <laughs> I believe her name is Leah Saidoe. She is third build in No Time to Die, and she is yeah. in the French Dispatch as well. So I'm going to go ahead and snag her and get those dollar bills. And uh, my third choice is going to be Donnie Yen. Mm -hmm. I will take Donnie Yen and get the Mulan monies. And he's in another movie later this year called Raging Fire, which I don't suspect to do a ton, but it's mostly the Mulan dollars that I want. Mm -hmm. Makes sense. Good picks. Okay. My pick this round, and even see, even as I start saying that, I'm starting to second guess. My pick for this round, mostly just for those... Tenant bucks is going to be Robert Pattinson. Okay. I get tenant dollars, and then he is in another movie that is expected this year, but doesn't have a release date. So we all know how likely that is. Uh, <laughs> and it's called The Devil All the Time. And it is a movie with Tom Holland, Bill Skarsgård, Riley Keough. Is that how you say her name? I'm not sure. I don't know. We don't know We're how to say anybody's today. names. But it's a, it's a Tom Holland, Robert Pattinson movie set in the 60s after World War II, about like PTSD from World War II. So, well, it doesn't seem fun. It seems interesting. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't seem fun. I said fun right before you said PTSD. <laughs> and it felt real bad. Uh, my third pick, come on over, Ana de Armas. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to have no time to die monies. And then she's doing a movie with her boo, that one Brad Pitt. Uh, Brad Pitt. Nope. <laughs> that one, uh, <laughs> when we, the day we don't know anything about movies, uh, Ben Affleck. 
Yep. So her her and Ben Affleck are top billed in an Adrian Lynn movie. That's kind of a murder mystery. Wow, really branching out for Ben Affleck. Um, <laughs> but this is the director that did uh, the things that he is best known for have been a while since they came out. So like Fatal Attraction, Indecent Proposal, Flashdance, Jacob's yes. Ladder, like all these movies uh, that have similar vibes. But that'll be really interesting. I think the world is a lot of the world is all about old Anna Darmus and Ben Affleck are in. So maybe that'll get people to theaters. If anything, no time to die will. So uh, that's the hope there. Uh, and then let me do a little bit more for my last guy. My only fear with Mulan is thinking of their shiny new streaming platform that could use some help. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, but what if? What I'm if afraid of that for Soul to too. Disney Plus? I know. Because Onward did great on Disney Plus. Yeah, I just, I I mean, not that I want to help you out in any way, Carter, but I did read that basically they've said they don't think they're going to move Mulan like no chance, basically. Right, because they also need the monies. They think Disney shouldn't have bought so much avocado toast. <laughs> just like save up, cancel some of your subscriptions. Cancel should be some fine. They should have saved money for a rainy day. <laughs> now, the real question is, does any of this matter? And will anybody actually go to a theater to watch a movie right now? That's the hey, big question. Hey, hey. That's the mid-season twist of season three. Right now, that right now we're in the promise. That would be the prestige. I'm just gonna do it. I'm gonna go with Mulan, uh, and I'm gonna pick up. You did Donnie Yen, right? I did. I did. Jordan. Yeah. Okay. I love Donnie Yen. Uh, I'm gonna go with. Hmm. These are all pretty much one shots. Oh. Let's do Jason Scott Lee. He's gonna be playing Khan. Um. Yep. And that's all he's doing. <laughs> but yeah. We'll do Jason Scott Lee. He was in, you know, Jason Scott Lee was in the, um, one of the first, I remember, like, live action Jungle Book mm -hmm. versions. Do y'all remember that from, like, a way back? Yeah. That was him. That might have been one of his first big movies. But, yeah, that's my team. So, I have uh, Aaron Taylor Johnson, Timothy Chalamet, Anna de Armas, and Jason Scott Lee. I almost had all of my team be three names, but... <laughs> Day doesn't really count. Um, Melissa Joan Hart's not doing much. She's not doing much. She's I mean, besides something. making our movie, right. she posted That's... on Instagram that she finished our movie. Yeah. Well, there goes our hopes of showing up to the set. She just doesn't respond, does she? Nope. I <laughs> The two chunks account, literally every time she posts about it, says, Hey, Melissa, we've sent you a DM regarding <laughs> this movie. Please take a look at it when you get a chance. <laughs> There's no way she's not seeing it. Because... Sometimes our account Guys, is like, I think my Google Home is possessed by the ghost of Melissa Joan Hart. I heard that. I don't understand. I don't understand. Why am I in this body? <laughs> Where's my cat? Salem. That was a shot in the dark. Is the cat's name Salem? Yes. Heck yes. Dude, I'm so proud of you. Uh, my final pick for Box Office Ball Season 3 is going to be my other favorite actor of all time, and that's Val Kilmer. Okay. <laughs> I'm getting uh, two top two gun. Uh, he's in a movie called Pay Dirt, and he's top in a movie gun, called The Birthday Cake. See, that's what's funny. If I'm going to do like a one shot, I was like, do I pick Top Gun or Mulan? Which of those movies is going to make more money if they both come out this year? I'm thinking of the demographic of people who are going to be interested in Top Gun. And I think yep. Top Gun is more interesting to maybe the older dadder crowd that are less likely right. to believe that this whole sickness thing is even real. 
Oh, gosh. <laughs> so my team uh, for Box Office Ball Season 3 is Ahmed Bakare, Jimon Hansu, Robert Pattinson, and Val Kilmer. Very good. That's a crew that I would not go on vacation with. Absolutely not. The first two, maybe, but I don't know about... Ah, maybe Pattinson. Maybe Pattinson. I just don't like it's Val. Just Val Kilmer. Val's the one who showed up on top of all those lists as just being such an awful person. I feel like if I went on a road trip with Val Kilmer, he would ask us to stop at every donut shop and just get like <laughs> one glazed donut and then always have a little bit of glaze in the corner of his mouth. Ew, gross. And I'm basing uh, that on nothing other than I just don't care for him that much. Right. He I does like look Val like Kilmer. that, though. Uh, I can't not like Val Kilmer after Kiss Kiss Bang Bang. It's just too good. Um, okay. My final pick and the final pick of season three of Box Office Ball Woo. is going to go to the Colonel himself, Colonel Thaddeus Ross. I'm going to go with William mm. Hurt. Yep. He's got uh, Black Widow, and then he's got one other movie that is already completed and is just waiting on release this year uh, uh. called The King's Daughter. So scraping the bottom of the barrel with that second uh, tier in him, but at least I get the Black Widow. So, right. What was your full team, Jordan? That would be Gal Gadot, Leah Saido, Leah Saido, uh, William Hurt, and Donnie Yen. Excellent. Well, that's our teams. Box Office Ball Season 3 never has there been a bigger question mark. For real. I don't <laughs> feel confident all, about any of my picks. No, I don't I'm feel confident at all. Yeah. The only way I feel confidence is somehow fate seems to always want me to win this game. Yeah, fate. Either so, either fate or the person who made the rules up for it. That's it. That's how it works. So speaking of big question marks, as we look ahead and not knowing the end or really the beginning of box office ball season three. Uh, and as I'm thinking towards our climax, our prestige of prestige, which we're talking about <gasps> tomorrow, I do have a question Ooh. that I feel like I could di- direct straight at my friend Doge here. But I'm just wanting to know. What's in the box? What's in the box? What's in the box? The inbox, that is. Uh, we got a couple of questions. And in, in, in this part of the show, we uh, read questions and then we answer them. Uh, we have asked you, our dear listeners, to <laughs> submit questions uh, via our Instagram story. And we did this last week for the first time and there were some real bangers. And this week, there's also some real bangers. Some additional bangers. <gasps> we're going to start it off with... Something that I think might be an easy question, but I don't know. It could be controversial. Lauren asks, "You well, Lauren, it's not a question. She didn't phrase it as a question. Lauren says, you can only eat one type of pasta noodle for the rest of your life. Pick your noodle. Oh, my goodness. Easy answer. Rotini. Have that locked and loaded. Rotini is the maximum potential sauce transportation vessel. Is Rotini just the big cylinder? Rotini is the curly one. The big cylinder is penne. See, I am so bad at uh, knowing knowing my uh, my noodles. <laughs> Man, I don't know. I I'm just gonna say, and I'm gonna be boring. I'm just gonna say spaghetti. I can't find the name, like the actual wait, wait, name wait, of wait, this. Wait, 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 wait. Actually, I'm taking my back. <laughs> whatever, whatever spiral pasta is. That's rotini. But like actual spiral, like that. Like not like a noodle, like not not a macaroni that goes in a water slide. I'm talking about like it's got Actual all those. Spar- yeah, Google rotini. Okay, rotini. 
Yeah, it's that without a doubt. It's got all those corners yes. to catch yes, and hold all saying. my socks. Rotini, Rotini is objectively the best noodle. <laughs> yeah, it's got all those little edges and, and nooks and crannies to hide all my cheese or my, my pasta sauce. I am actually going to do the uh, sour straw version, they call it, of the Italian <laughs> noodle. By they, I mean all the voices in my head. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Bucatini, also known as Perciatelli which is the long spaghetti noodle that has a hole all the way through it. Nice. Yeah. Is there any chance that this question asker meant like a pasta dish? No. It, I no. mean, Lauren very clearly says you can only eat one type of pasta noodle for the rest of okay. your life. Yeah, Pick no, your you're noodle. right. You're right. It's we, rotini. We picked our noodles. It's rotini. And what was yours? Bucan. Bucatini. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. You must protect your bucatini. <laughs> Oh, man. (laughs) Next question for the segment. Great answers, by the way. And now I'm just incredibly hungry for pasta at 930 Mm -hmm. in the morning. Next question comes to us from a couple of people. And they want to know how we met. Mm. We were just talking about this before we recorded. I... I am shocked that we haven't shared this before. I feel like we've talked about this. I thought we had, but... Not because I have a specific memory of saying this, but just because we've been... I mean... I don't see you guys unless there's a microphone in front of my face now. So it's bound to have yeah. come up. Yeah. I mean, we've discussed the environment before. It was in college. So we all went to Dallas Baptist University. Doge, I'm trying to remember the first time I met you because I think someone introduced us. Uh, and I don't know. I don't think it was during the rush process. Like you were always the guy that all of the guys that I love the most love the most is like what it feels like. It was like, <laughs> friend of a friend. You, we, right. You weren't really truly connected until you finally like joined the fraternity. Right. Um, I remember the first time was it I Jordan saw, that introduced us. It could have very well been. I feel like there's a great chance that it was. It might've been. I think it really could have been. Um, I remember the first time I saw Jordan was uh, during the student welcome and transition week at DBU which is the very first week of school, um, someone had put me on a task force to make sure that this kid stayed at DBU because he was thinking about leaving. It's true. Uh, he, as soon as he got there, he was like, this is not a good idea. Um, <laughs> it's true. <laughs> but I saw him in this SWAT. Uh, it was called Follies, which the students like within 24 hours would make up a show. And Jordan, I think you were some kind of news host. Yeah, we did a. It was Olympic themed, and I was announcing Olympic the themed. And then I was like, "Oh, this is the guy oh who gosh. doesn't want to be here." Guys, I just remembered we were supposed to get an Olympics this year. I know, <laughs> and that's such a bummer. <laughs> oh my goodness, yeah. such a bummer. Carter, you you ended up being swapped in like kind of last minute as my admissions counselor after I had already done all that stuff. I remember I called the admissions office to ask a question. And I was like, yep. can I talk to Emily? And they were like, no, you can talk to Carter, though. And I was like, well, okay. Because that was my first year as an admissions counselor. Yeah. I caught the very end of it. And then did you know, both, eight years later, you'd be talking to Carter for your job. Yep. Wow. I would technically have uh, you, Liam, another good friend of ours, yep. and uh, David. So interesting. But then it blossomed from there. I think very much because of uh, fraternity. Yeah. Fraternity and movies. I mean, that, really, it sounds, yeah, it yeah, sounds cliche movies. to say that movies bonded us, but I really think they did uh, in many ways. That and the time, Jordan, that you and I, a few days after meeting, drove nearly an hour to the farthest <laughs> Best Buy from campus to buy That's the new Mumford & Sons CD. Yeah, I don't think y'all have even talked yet about how y'all met each other. That's true. We had the same piano class together. 
Yeah. Oh. And uh, you had the same piano together. Yeah. Like one would we just shared together. We just played yeah. the entertainer the whole time. <laughs> and I played, the, I played the bottom part. He played the top part. Yep. I'm only thinking of Billy Joel's version, but I know what you're talking about now. <laughs> We, you're just like, I am the entertainer. <laughs> and you're just like killing it first class. We uh, we both talked about that there were like two albums that had come out. Do you remember what it was? It was it, Mumford and Sons' new record and it was uh, <laughs> the new Amberlin record. I thought it was, is that right? It was Vitals. Is yeah, that it, was it was Vitals. Uh-huh. And so we, Doge was like, well, I'm, I'm going to go to Best Buy and buy these. And I was like, I don't have friends yet. I'll go. And, uh, cause that's, I'm, that's, let's make that clear. I'm the last choice. Yeah. At sure. this point in my life, I'm the last choice for a friend, but we're, we're in his, his old, was it Nissan Titan? Is that what it was? Yes, sir. Was 2006 Nissan Titan, red Nissan truck. Titan. And we drove to quite possibly the farthest Best Buy from DBU's campus without it was like circling the world and away. coming back. Yeah. Tulsa. Yeah. <laughs> And uh, we bonded, and then we didn't talk again for like six weeks. And no, we were mm. we were uh, Twitter and Facebook friends. We would comment on each other's stuff, but barely ever hang out. In but person. really, didn't like talk or hang out for yeah, like almost a year. Funny. Yeah. Do y'all have a first memory of me, or are they the same as what we just? Well, said? my my first memory of hearing your name and knowing who you were was calling to talk to my admissions counselor and finding out that you had changed. Correct. That is to how we that. met. That is right. But I think. My first like concrete, the, the first thing I think of when I think of like first real important interactions is uh, we went on like uh, a camp out service trip type thing right after I had joined the fraternity. And uh, for a significant portion, I rode in your car and we played the magic thimble together yep. for the yeah. first time. And I was like, yep, this is the coolest thing. Carter, I think I think my first memory of you is probably the following spring because I joined the fraternity in the fall of sophomore year. But the following mm-hmm. spring is when I got to know you, and I have two specific memories. One, I rode with you in your car to the dealership to get it serviced, and I don't know why I was there with you, but I was just with you, and <laughs> we rode to the dealership and got your car serviced and just sat and waited for it to get serviced, and then got in it and kept going. And I think we went Ooh. to Dairy Queen on the way back to my apartment. Uh. <laughs> and the second memory is wow. we did that same like camping service trip that second year uh, and it was two hours away and I was driving and you saw that nobody was riding with me. So you're like, I'll ride with you. And you introduced me on that car ride to my number one favorite band of all time, which is Dawes. Yes. Dawes. Dawes is so good. Dawes Guys, I have so another, good. that is, it's not our MO on this podcast, but I do have another music recommendation. I mean, it's I'm a little so bit our MO. <laughs> A little bit, yeah. It is very much Dawes related, but it is called High Women. Have you heard of them? Mm-hmm. Oh my goodness gracious, they're so good. But it is just some classic country. But it's like uh, they are a a, uh, a rebirth almost of the Highway Men or the Highway. Yeah, that's what they were yeah. back in the day. It was like um, Chris Christopherson, Johnny Cash, Willie Nelson. Like it's a super group, country super group. But this time it's like. Specifically, like Marin Morris, Brandy Carlisle, but that whole album that they have is so awesome. It is so good. But yeah, recommendation there. All right. Uh, our next question comes to us from Caroline. Caroline asks, "What's a movie you loved but everyone else hated?" Oh, easy. Go. Star Wars Episode yeah. One. <laughs> the Phantom Menace. <laughs> and Caroline, since you, I know Caroline is a patron and one of our biggest. Chunkies out there, official chunkies. So for your sake, I'll probably come up with another one while they're talking. 
because that's just that doesn't feel fair to just say something that's been a recurring theme uh, on this podcast. But that's the first thing that came to mind for me. I'm going to go with John Carter. That movie rules and there is no reason that it got like trashed and nobody saw it. That's such a cool movie. And it's my friend's name. That's me. Jordan, which Eric Von Detten movie are you going to say here? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, Oh, man. No, I actually, it's hard because I think there's a difference between, because my my first thought It's hard because I have incredible taste in movies. No. It's like, I'm usually right about them. My first (laughs) thought was Blade Runner 2049 that I think was universally loved by the people that saw it, but yeah, like underperformed, underperformed in the box office. Um, but if, if we're, if we're changing our, our definition around on, or if, if if we're not changing our definition around on like movies that people didn't like, um, then I probably, I probably have to think about that a little bit because for some reason, when these questions, when these type of questions get asked, I immediately jettison every movie I've ever seen from yes, my I brain. I every movie I've ever watched. I think I've always been surprised at how much Fifth Element was a part of my life and not a part of anyone else's. <laughs> hey, that's fair. Yeah, we so, definitely haven't seen it. Yeah, I think it's more of a people just don't know about it than they don't like it. But Oh. that's I mean, that one has had a rewatch, a rewatch recently. And I still very much like it. I know. Like even I know my answer. Go. What's it? What is it? It's Princess Diaries 2. The inferior oh. sequel to the first Princess Diaries <laughs> that I also love very much. That's easy. So so not necessarily an Eric Von Detten movie, but it it's, it's a sequel it's to an close. Eric Von Detten movie. Yeah. yeah. It's one it's one degree removed from an Eric Von Detten movie. I won't even consider putting Brink in the category of movies people didn't like. No, I everybody loves Brink. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's one of the best. Two eyes, two ears, Disney a heart, you love Brink. Or one eye, one ear, one heart. If you have a heart, you love Brink. Our next question comes to us courtesy of Carter, your mother. Let's do it. Burn. That was a great... Sick burn, dude. You got it. Your mom, dude. dude. I roasted you. No, Carter, your mom asks us, what do you guys consider to be the greatest era of movie making? <clears throat> Oof. Oh, my gosh. 1978 to 1994. To me, this is when... Blockbuster culture was created and developed and 1978. Uh, oh, we can go 77 because that includes Star Wars. But this is basically the bookends to me are Star Wars, Episode 4, A New Hope and Jurassic Park. I think the area in between those is the highest, like the highest hit ratio, I think, of the kinds of movies that I love. That's when all my favorite sci-fi movies were made with the exception mm-hmm. of, uh, of of a couple of movies that we have talked about or are going to talk about. That's when, for my money, that's when Spielberg did his best work. That's, I don't know. I just really, really love that time in movies. That is a great time. And mine actually kind of overlaps a little bit. And what's funny is one of the first things I thought of was uh, Jurassic Park. I was like, yeah, well, it's going to be in there. It's got to be whatever, like, because uh, I've talked about too that that was one of the first movies that made that I remember making a huge impact on me. I would say like the early '80s. You can even do 1980 so that you can grab Empire Strikes Back. But like yeah. the early '80s to like mid to late '90s, I think too, especially. And I would say just, and this is our own personal opinions. This is not something that can just be completely proven by data. I guess it's not super data driven. But um, after we had done our uh, like '90s Disney series. I was thinking about all the things like buffering around that, like all of your, 
I think that was like peak Disney for me, like pre Pixar, but then you still kind of get the beginnings of Pixar in there. Um, but then you get, you also get movies like alien and Sons yeah. of the lambs and, um, dude, there's just a ton of stuff that came out during that time. And you get a ton of fun things like the series that Chelsea and I are going through. We're just trying to find all of those nineties action movies like speed oh, and payback so and yeah. conspiracy theory. Like, and I also love the actors of that area or of that era. Yes. Like the beginnings of Clooney yeah. and like Julia Roberts. Yeah. And that just seems like classic Hollywood to me. Yeah. The, this is, I agree with a lot of what you're both saying. And it's, it's a hard question for me to answer because I think my, my real honest answer is I don't know that I have a favorite era of movie making. I think that there is gold, like the camera was invented and then there's just been gold sprinkled through up until now and will continue to be beyond. But right. I honestly think, and I know that since I'm part of hosting a movie podcast that I'm supposed to have uh, an answer that uh, is in the past, but uh, I think it's now for me. I feel like technology has now's totally fine. caught up with the imagination of I thought of that too. The creators, yeah. and there is, you know, there's something to be said where a movie like Jojo Rabbit that is just sort of in scope and scale this small personal story is able to look incredible and have the effects that it needs to get its point across. And it doesn't yeah. have to be this big James Cameron Spielberg thing to have its effects look nice and work well with the eye. Um, like, yeah. And that, you know, ad infinitum, you know, all the way through infinitum, however you say that, like there's just, it feels like technology has caught up and it also feels like enough of the rules of movies have been established that now it's fun to start breaking them in interesting ways. Um, mm, yeah. I don't know. I love, uh, I feel the same way about music too, though. I know people, you know, they want to live in the seventies or eighties. I love eighties pop music, but I love a lot of what's happening now too. I just think it's, yeah, there's yeah. just so much validity in what's coming out now. Even, even if there's more, the funnel's wider. So you might have to sift through more mediocrity to get to the good stuff, but it's definitely yeah. there. You know, I almost thought about this era because of talking about like the early 2000s, because there's a lot of things that couldn't have been done the way we imagined them until technology yeah. caught up. Because really, we don't get an epic fantasy series that has been successful until the year 2000 yeah. hits. I mean, we, right. we don't get Harry Potter, we don't get Lord of the Rings, because we just weren't able to do that yet. Yeah. We just didn't have the pockets and the means and the creativity just quite yet to pull something like that off. So I think that's good. You also don't get any of the MCU until you get to now, um, which, yeah, feels like it was more meant for uh, being a little more flashy. Totally. But totally. yeah, I think, that's a, I think that's a really good pick. Doge, let's do one more. Tell me, what's, what is that last thing in the back one corner more. of the box? There's one more thing, one more tiny thing in the box. Last question. This question comes to us from Claudia. And Claudia says, if y'all could change the ending of an iconic movie, what would it be? Ooh, it's tough because to me, when I consider a movie to be iconic, it's usually because it's perfect. And I can't think of something they could have done better. Yeah. I think that's what makes the question fun. I know. It's hard. Ooh, I've got a very nerdy answer. You mean give a dorky answer to this one? No, that would be out of character and weird. Yeah, that's totally not me. I think the ending of Return of the King, even though there were about 30 endings of Return uh -huh. of the King, uh -huh. <laughs> I think we should have included... Uh, the the kind of the battle for the Shire at the end of the novel. Um, Saruman at the end of the novel has returned to the Shire and uh, is like laying siege to it and, and burning it and attacking it. And the hobbits 
defeat him. Uh, and, and that's a important last step in their journey as heroes. Uh, and it contrasts nicely with the beginning of the Fellowship of the Ring when they need to be rescued every time there's danger. At the end of Return of the King, we see them be able to competently handle threats on their own. But that would feel so different from Return of the King, right? Like that it's a much neater ending to have it end the way it ends. And like they return and it's peaceful and idyllic and Frodo is right. too changed to remain there. And all that stuff can still be there. I don't know. That's a, a thing I wish was there, but I don't really wish it was there all that much, if that makes yeah, sense. Yeah, I remember reading Return of the King and being like, oh, yeah, this is also good. But yeah, <laughs> it was... But there's like 30 Very endings to that movie already. It's so it's, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So what's one more? Right. <clears throat> exactly. Yeah. Let's go 31. Um, I think for me, at the end of Monsters, Inc., this is, I've thought about this a few times. I'm talking the very end. I think Sully should have opened the door and we should have heard a slightly older child's voice as Boo. I know this is a small critique, but theoretically, this has been going on long enough for Sully to take over for them to start renewing Monsters Inc.'s uh, reputation, starting to prove that like this is this is at least months we're talking, if not a year or yeah. two. And Boo sounds the exact same when he opens the door. So I think I would have liked to hear, you know, a slightly more mature Boo, uh, perhaps Helen. Mirren. Yeah, I was thinking a Helen Mirren type or a Streisand, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> Hello, Sally. Uh, Kitty. I. <laughs> I'm gonna pick. I'm gonna pick an icon, iconic movie. You know what? I've I've discovered iconic movies don't have to be good, Doge, but they can be very memorable. I'm picking the Twilight Saga: Breaking Dawn yep, Part yep, Two. Yep, yep, yep. Okay, yeah. I want the end of this movie to be not that Alice was dreaming everything, or that she was seeing this alternate reality of the future. It, but enormous that's that, congratulations on remembering that character's yep. name, because that is what. Uh, let's just say that's what actually happened. Everybody's dead. Like they are, we have this massive battle uh, and it is gloom and doom and then just roll credits. Good. And then that says to the world, hey, these aren't real. You wasted your time watching these. I wish, I think, I wish more movies were responsible enough to end with that. You know, like, hey, this wasn't real. It's okay. (laughs) Actually, no, I get to do whatever I want with this ending, right? Here's what's going to happen. They're mid fight. They look to the east and Gandalf has yes. a wave of riders of mm-hmm. Rohan, and they just come in and just like just end it. The just, climax of just, every movie should be look to the east, Gandalf yep. with the riders. Except if Jay I may, this is Lord of the Rings movie it's, now. It's set to Thunderstruck. If I may, just yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Name a movie that's not improved by that. Schindler's List. I'm gonna go with. I'm gonna go with. Two Towers, just because the soundtrack's better than Thunderstruck. You know what? That would kind of really stink at the end of Green Mile. (laughs) You'd be like, okay, that's kind of inappropriate. (laughs) Titanic would be tough. (laughs) They're on the water. They're on the glaciers. (laughs) Jeez. To end this episode, since this theme is boxes, um, and we're talking about endings changing, you've all seen seven, yeah? I have not seen seven. Oh, wait, that is That's one of those. It's one of those that it's like I didn't see it. And then now it's like I know everything about it. I don't think you do. Do you know what's in the box? I don't know what's in the box. So maybe not everything about it. So we're just, then that's fine. We're going to change the ending of seven. I want your name and then I want you to tell me 
what is actually in that box and what would completely change that movie. I'm Carter, and what's in the box is Shipley's Donuts. Yeah. Mm. And so now all of a sudden... Boy, I want a donut. Your your antagonist's like... What was his drive? Why all of this to bring us out here to see mm. donuts? Mm-hmm. So I'm trying to be really careful because I don't want to just ruin it for yeah. Doge because I thought he'd see this movie. But yeah, uh, Shipley's. I'm Doge. And even though I haven't seen it, I know that at the end of seven, they open the box and they find a factory sealed shrink wrapped Blu-ray copy of the movie seven. <gasps> and then they learn Twisty. that the eighth deadly sin is delusion. Uh, I'm Jordan, it. and in the end of seven, they're going to open that box to find a diorama of Doge sitting on his couch watching seven, mm. the end of seven on the TV, which shows them opening the box and finding a diorama of Doge sitting on the couch watching the end of seven on his TV, which shows them opening the box to find it. So it's just dioramas of Doge all the way down. All the way yeah. down. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Coriant. Coriant provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Coriant has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Coriant has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Coriant has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of plan investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Coriant's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Coriant.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Coriant.com. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.